1: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
0: about you, Cowboys? Yes! Go Cowboys! Live from training
2: camp, this is a special presentation of DallasCowboys.com Radio. For the 43rd time in Cowboys franchise history, they make the trek to Southern California. Training Camp 2022 is officially here, presented by. American Airlines, we also had the opening press conference this morning. and We're going to break down all the storylines for you right here on DallasCowboys.com. Alongside Mickey Spagnola, Nick Eatman, two of the greatest when it comes to covering the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Kyle Yeomans, glad to be with you. And I would love to make the joke just right now in terms of combined camps between you guys and then the age. But let's just not let's not talk about it. Let's not go at all because it's 37 for you, Nick, right? Correct. This is 25 for you, Nick, right? Yes right this is two for
0: me so <laughs> i mean
2: there we go let's just get that out of the way we'll, we'll talk about it at the moment plenty to talk about with jerry jones you think
0: you think it matters that Micah parsons has been here at two camps and Ooh. you know i don't know i'm trying to think of somebody that's been around i, I mean the, you I can't second time old. cd
2: lamb's been out here
0: right I, I was trying to find like the old guy <laughs> it would have been like lp ladder but he's not there anymore i don't even know like probably I think be zach martin tyron it's Tyron. yeah but no one makes a joke about tyron because he could it's a bad idea. Hurt you, um, <laughs> yeah, or himself. So no, nah, 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 no thanks. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. You're here, right? And yeah, boy,
1: are we glad to be here.
0: What, what's the
2: temperature right now? You're usually up on top of that.
1: <sighs> it was fifty-eight this morning when I went Ooh. out for my bike ride. Right now, it says sixty-seven.
0: I saw you on your bike. Seriously, you are leading the Tour de France. <laughs> like you have this bright yellow jersey. It's just, seriously, it's like a neon yellow. Like you're not getting hit. <laughs> you, tra- I know. I, I get it. This yeah, not funny. As yeah. a matter of fact, oh, I,
1: I think I think uh, I was underdressed too. <laughs> I needed another layer this morning. It's chilly.
2: Yeah. I'm sure everybody in Texas right now is shaking their fists you're like, at yeah, us. Don't are like, stop yeah. talking about the weather. But, I mean, that was the first thing Jerry talked about. and yeah. it's, it's a big thing. I mean, that's the reason, one of the biggest reasons they come out to Oxnard. It's for the weather. It's fantastic. We're in a tent at the moment, and we're not sweating, and that's already a, a huge win. But we don't have a ton of time. We've got about 30 minutes with you guys. On the website, of course, the official podcasts start tomorrow. We've got the break coming up tomorrow. Then Talking Cowboys will begin on Thursday. So we've got shows coming along the way. But this is just a quick overview of what happened in the opening press conference, what we've heard lately. And, Mickey, I'll I'll start with you on this. But what were some of the things that stood out to you earlier this morning?
1: Well, we finally got them to, I think, comprehensively uh, explain – some of the offseason moves they made or I guess didn't make, yeah. uh, you know, deciding to move on from Amari Cooper, uh, Lael Collins, uh, Randy Gregory, some of the reasons why. Uh, and, and they emphasize the fact that they're giving opportunities to young guys to step up. Uh, I think it's somewhat of a slippery slope. Uh, that, you know, their projections have to be right. Uh, and I don't know that, you know, you bat 1,000 on sometimes these these uh, roster decisions, but uh, for this team to at least do what they did last year, they got to be right. And they talked about this being the land of opportunity. So there's going to be some guys that need to step up in this training camp.
0: Same question. What What, what stuck out to you? You know, I thought you, Jerry doesn't hold back anything really at this age. You know, he's almost eighty. You know, he's just like I don't got a birthday coming up. I've got to up, win. Right? I've got to win, and we've got to win, and we got, got to be viable in the playoffs. And and you know, I mean, he basically put three players out there and almost ran them over on the bus. I mean, put them <laughs> under the bus. I mean, you know, he, he not only said is you're not – available. you know, the availability is the, the key, and these guys weren't available. And when we say three guys, I'm assuming it's, you know, um, Amari. Three and guys Lyle that aren't here anymore. And, uh, and Gregory. Um, but, you know, he talked about availability and why they weren't available, and that was a big issue and all that. But, you know, I think – you know, for the most part, you know he's he's always going to be optimistic, and he said that this team he feels is in better shape than than you know last year's team um, at this time. He also said this team in two thousand two could win a Super Bowl, and they went and lost to Houston and the expansion team. So you know he's gonna say that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? But you know, I think I think he believes that those defections, those free agent losses, or whatever you want to say, he doesn't think is going to to hinder them uh, this year.
2: He thinks it's addition by subtraction, ultimately what he said up on the podium today. Yeah. But but do you – when you look at the, the roster, I mean, on paper, it doesn't look as talented – as opposed to what you did last year, but you also added pieces, young guys who expanded into bigger roles. You talk about Micah Parsons, of course Trayvon Diggs taking the step that he did. These guys did take a step up. Do you feel like there are those guys on this roster too that can do something similar in 2022, as opposed to what you saw last year at this time?
0: I make,
1: that's kind of what they're yeah,
0: counting
2: on. What they're is, asking for, yeah, right? yeah, they, and
0: they're not even. I mean, banking on it. I mean, they, they it has to happen. They have to have. Um, a Micah Parsons type of rookie, boy, that's scary to say because they only come around that's once every forty years or so. But um, they also need a, they need a Jaron Curse. They need a guy that's going to come out of nowhere and just say, "All right, I'm, I'm going to take over." And then they also need Curse to have you know a great year. They don't need anyone to have a Leighton Van Der Esch, You know, step back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he this guy was going to be he was going to hunt wolves for the next decade. Rookie, you know Jalen. Yeah, I mean he was there like were a couple guys like that. Pro Bowl rookie, right? right? Jalen Smith too. So you don't need any bad – You know, it, it's it's all got to kind of work out. And if it does, then yeah, this the guy's the limit. But you know, we've been around too, like you said, all those times. It hasn't always worked out. In you know, fact, they, it doesn't.
1: They need they need Oso Digizua to continue on his path that that he had as a rookie, right? You get Neville Gallimore back. You didn't have him hardly the entire season. Uh, Diggs has got to continue to get better. You're kind of counting on that. C.D. Lamb has to continue improving. You know, and one of the things that, you know, doesn't come up in offseason moves is the fact that, well, number one, they did sign Michael Gallup, Got to compensate for him missing maybe the first month of the season. Sure. So that's another thing that they, from a roster standpoint, they uh, they have to come up, uh, you know, come up with. Uh, they're they're counting on Malik Hooker, Donovan Wilson, you know, improving over what they did last year. Uh, some of this has got to take place. Not to mention Terrence Steele and either Connor McGovern or Tyler Smith stepping up and getting better. Uh, and, you know, even Biadish, you know, he's got to take the next step. He, he was a first-year starter last year in the NFL. Uh, I know he played, started some his rookie year, but it wasn't that much. So these guys have to progress. Uh, and, you know, that's what I keep saying we're coming to training camp for, yeah. Yeah. to find out.
0: Another scary part is all those things, you know, there's so many question marks. That this this football team is going to play a lot of close games. Mm-hmm. They just are. They're not. They're not good enough to blow anyone out. I don't think. I mean, they, they will. They'll some. You know, they play in the NFC East. But and we
1: forgot <laughs> the one thing. But, right. But,
0: but it's going to come down to close games. And when close games, it comes down to what. And what are you going to say, Mick? Kicker,
1: kicker, kicker, kicker.
0: Yep, that's one of the
2: biggest question marks here as well. And didn't really get anything when it came to the kicker and the situation going on there from press conference-wise. But kind of going back to what you were saying, there's a long list of names that you're expecting to develop, that you're expecting to take that next step. And there Hoping. was an extra, yeah, big-time big hope. Yeah, <laughs> hope is not necessarily a strategy, right? Yeah. But there's, there's a lot of hope and there's a lot of expectations around those guys taking that next step which also squarely lies on your coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And, and Jerry, of course, started the press conference by saying, I have confidence in Mike, or, excuse me, in, in Mike McCarthy. Him too. Yeah. Everybody has confidence in Michael Parsons, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy, they have confidence in. He's here because he believes that they can win a Super Bowl with Mike and, and ultimately tried to put some more confidence in him and push the chips all in there. How much pressure is on this coaching staff, Mick, to get that right and to have those guys develop? Because ultimately a lot of that relies on what the coaching staff Yeah,
1: is. and I and I think, you know, there's always pressure on the coaching staff, right? Sure. That, that no one ever goes to training camp thinking, okay, well, you know, this is my honeymoon. Kind of hang out a little uh, bit, and, and ride the but, bike. But even more so this time because, as as we just outlined, you know, there, there there's more things to overcome. There's more things that they have to improve players and – uh, they have a hand in that, um, you know, especially the position coaches. Can you develop the wide receivers? they got a new wide receiver coach, uh, Prince. Um, you know, can you develop further at, at the tight end position? Um, you know, the offensive line coach may be under the biggest gun uh, to, to bring that unit back together. And, you know, the, the hard thing, Nick, for for offensive line, and we know this, they need time on duty to be cohesive and in these training camps, the way it's built, you ain't got yeah, that got time. It. You get you get six padded practices here, three more uh, with other teams. Uh, it, you, you just don't get that much time. And and, and the offensive line is going to be a big part of this, and they got to replace. Yeah. You know, basically, I'm going to say. Two starters were Suman Steele, you know, was out there, but he's still now a full-time starter along with what happens at left guard and a backup tackle if indeed Tyler Smith ends up the starting guard.
0: Yeah, and that's why there's no time to have any competition at center or in any of those positions on the O-line. Continuity is more important at this point. So, you know, you can they, they like to throw Matt Farniak's name out there a lot, but, like, when? Like, when is he going to really compete? Like, it's more important to get these guys, get a cohesive group together than it is to like, you got this rep, you got this rep. Like, I don't see that happening. It, it hardly ever happens on the offensive line. The only way that's going to happen is if somebody gets hurt, knock on wood, but then another guy comes in and just takes
1: over.
2: You saw it a little bit last year with with Connor Williams specifically moving from left guard over to center and kind of going back and forth. Yeah, and but he positions. never got a
1: chance to play center. But I think that, that was just
2: it was, that was it was an experiment. It was cosmetic.
1: It was. It was too late extent. too. It was too late. But yeah.
2: that's kind of my point is saying with such limited time on the offensive line, are you going to have time to throw Connor McGovern out there in front of first-round pick Tyler Smith and say, all right, rookie, earn your job? Or is it more beneficial to
0: put a guy out there and say, let's get our five guys up there that we know are going to be the most talented? Okay, it's funny you say that about five guys because are you – I mean, no one seems to talk about this, but are we sure that Tyler Smith isn't a better right tackle than, than Terrence, Terrence Steele? Steele? Like, it really would come down to McGovern versus Steele at what they do, guard versus tackle. But, I mean, if the five best guys, it might include McGovern. It might include, I mean, um, Tyler Smith. So, my my follow-up question
2: to that is, with six guys that could be in the mix, do they have enough time to figure that out?
1: Well, I think Jerry said it, and he repeated it. He said it's always a projection. It's always a projection, meaning making the moves they made and relying on young guys to step up. Well, as Nick pointed out, it's going to be a projection even when they finish training <laughs> camp, right? Because right, right. how much are you going to see? Uh, and, you know, f- for the first time, they're only going to have three preseason games to check this out, in- in-game stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it- it's going to be a huge projection, and, you know, maybe we don't find out until September 11th.
2: How much is it going to rely on those practices? I mean, of course, every practice out here is important to a certain extent, but how much more important are the practices against Denver and then the two of which against Los Angeles before they play the Chargers after taking a little trip down to Irvine? How much are you going to get out of those practices more so than what you would get out of these here in Oxnard? I don't know. I mean... He kind of talked about maybe getting the veterans. The, 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 I
1: think the it's. Players. I think, yeah. like it. Yeah, and, and I, think it's like big, it. I think it's big. I think it's big. It's big because you're hitting somebody else instead of your own guys, so you can get more reps in, maybe. Uh, but again, they're not going to tackle, right? They're not going to play football. Yeah, to. <laughs> not supposed to. It's <laughs> a little bit
0: of of the not supposed to variety. With not supposed to fight
1: <laughs> either, but you know.
0: I mean, honestly, I'm going to say no, not a whole lot, Okay. because. Matthew Stafford didn't look that great out here. Maurice Kennedy was making interceptions. Connor Williams was was blocking Aaron Donald and fighting with him. Uh, you know, I don't think the Rams looked that great out here. So nothing was. <laughs> when you then you fast forward to the end of the season, like nothing that we saw out here really played. You know, played out in the way that it was supposed to. So yeah. I, I think you know, to Mick's point, you know, it, yes, it's good to go out there and hit someone else, but I you know stay healthy and and yeah. and you know do travel and you know you get on the bus and you go and you do that and you get in a different environment and you know it's the, that kind of thing because that's what that's what happens a lot you're always changing environments so
2: what we're saying is don't overreact to what you guys see here reported throughout training camp stay in the loop but just don't overreact that's the biggest thing because things that happened last year aren't necessarily always going to end through the regular season. I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me last year was the growth of C.D. Lamb and Trayvon Diggs, and then they really kind of went up against each other throughout the majority of the practices. And that kind of came into fruition. Micah Parsons emerging. There were things to take
0: from it. Okay, that kind of goes back to my point. I I thought one of the most disappointing things was C.D. Lamb not being this guy out here. like The guy we saw at training camp every day I thought was going to be like gold jacket worthy, which he still might be He's a young player, but what I'm saying is is that he didn't just go and moss people like he was doing in camp every day. Sure. You know, like like he had a good year, made all Pro Bowl, you know, alternate, whatever, he made a Pro Bowl. But I like the guy that we thought we were seeing out here in Oxnard, he was beating Trayvon Diggs who was actually turned out to be like an all, all pro. Yeah. So as as good as he was, I thought we thought CD was about to be great. He had a highlight catch every single practice, and just didn't take that to the games like I thought he would. That provides me with the
2: perfect segue. Sweet, because one of the biggest conversations out of this, and we we mentioned it very briefly in the first part of this this podcast, availability was a buzzword throughout the press conference. Jerry Jones talked it about it specifically. And part of the reason why they did provide some background on the offseason moves and what they had is they feel that almost obligated to give these young players a chance to step up and into those roles. You've seen it in the NFL's history. I've I've put this out there before, but Andre Johnson was there in in Houston while DeAndre Hopkins was a rookie and a second year player. Third year DeAndre Hopkins was one of the best receivers in the league. That was his first year without Andre Andre Johnson on the roster. Elevation from young players happens through opportunity. There are tons of guys getting that opportunity. C.D. Lamb is one. Without Amari Cooper in the fold, can he be a featured part of this offense? And yeah, he that's that, what, what he's shown. That's what
1: we're here to find out. You know, can he do it? Uh, you know, let's not minimize the fact that he had what 70, seventy seventy eight catches, seventy nine yeah. catches. Yeah, uh, you know, and and I wrote about this a little while ago, but. I, you know, I kind of was with Nick, kind of, kind of sucking air through my teeth, going, "Okay, <laughs> is he a number one receiver?" And then I saw this, this, this nine-minute clip of his highlight catches from last season, and I'm going, "Oh my God!" You know, he, he had some spectacular stuff. Maybe sure. not enough, not like we saw here, but it was nine minutes worth. So he's going to get that opportunity. Can he do it? Look, we, we saw, we saw. J. Ron Curse, yeah. When he got here, I thought he was a special teams guy Me too, Make right? Well, we all did. Backup guy, special teams. Well, right? I thought he was in the NBA. One, <laughs> yeah. one year, one year, <laughs> and, and it was minimum. And all of a sudden, he leaves the team in 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 tackles. And you know, if you talk to him, it's like, well, I got an opportunity. Yeah. If you talk to Leighton Vander when he came on that last you know, quarter third of the season. It was His answer was, well, when you play me a full game, that's what you get. Get a uh, chance.
0: Talk about Leighton real quick. Real, yeah. You said that. Leighton had 13 tackles in the playoff game against the 49ers. Yeah. The way the 49ers play, obviously, they run the football. and They didn't win the game. I get that. But he was a lot more active in that game. When you look at the schedule, you look at the teams that they're facing, especially in the AFC North, mm-hmm. you know, the Ravens, the Browns, the the Bengals, I don't know if they call them a running team, but Steelers, they, you know they, that's what they're going to try to do is run yeah. the ball. Those type of old school games, you know, even the Packers and Vikings and Bears and all that. I think Leighton has a chance to really turn things around because he's going to play more games that are kind of better suited for his style, uh, like we saw in that playoff game. I think the tackle numbers will go up. And, and I think I think he'll benefit from that.
1: See, I'm glad you mentioned the playoff game because I had gone through and I looked at the last, I don't know, four games or so and added up his tackles, and they went up. Mm, yep. But I forgot the playoff game. Yeah, 13. A- and and 13 would go put him close to 25 tackles over those last few games if you include the playoff game. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and he was right when he said it. I think he said it at the home run derby uh. deal. And somebody asked him about, you know, what was the difference? And he goes, "Because I played more. Yeah. You know, that's what you get if you put me on the field." I said, "Good for you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, now you're going to get the chance." Yeah,
0: he's going to get. He's going to get out there.
2: Do you feel confident about the linebacker room at the moment? Because I mean, we just saw at least a couple hours ago Julio Jones, another veteran, signing with Tampa Bay. He's going to play for the Buccaneers. You'll see him week one. Uh, do you feel good about linebackers? That because linebackers, yes, there are veterans out there. Is kind of. Oh, I see what you're out. saying. There are veterans out on the open market. There's been some conversation about the Anthony Bars of the world, a couple other names that have kind of been thrown in the mix. But is is that a place where you feel comfortable, or is that a spot like last season when they added a Malik Hooker that they could maybe go and address while they're here at camp?
0: Well, you know, Stephen told told us that you know this is the year where you got to go. These young guys have got to step up and do it. Yeah. And. You know, I I don't know what Jabril Cox's situation is going to be to start Might off. Be pup, yeah, yeah, Oh, that's going to be key. Yeah, like he he's a he's a guy on that Luke Luke Gifford, you know he, Malik Jefferson. I'm not Malik Jefferson. Yeah, yeah. Malik yeah. Jefferson. What is Malik Jefferson? I was like, yeah, Malik Jefferson. I mean, guys yeah,
1: that's like that's an
2: addition that could be a low risk, high reward yeah. payout if he plays
1: better. How many teams is it being on? No, in I know. Four Trust years? Me, like I'd five teams in four still years. Still a so?
0: low risk, high reward well, if which, he pays off. Well, though. But which yeah, which one is it going to be for him? Right. Is, it, is, it, is, it, is he going to show whatever he shows to get them to, to go, mm, I'll sign him. There we go. Or is he going to show whatever that's like, you know what, yeah, that's why them, 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 and them cut him.
1: Yeah. That's why Jabril Cox, I think, is the key thing. You know, he's got to be good. He's got to be ready to go. And he may go on PUP. Michael Gallup will be on PUP. Damone Clark will be on PUP. Yeah. Uh, to start the year. But if Cox can give him what they thought he was when they drafted him, uh, then they've got three solid guys there. Um, You know, I don't know about after that, but, yeah, they they really sort of need him out there. And that's one of the reasons why when you get this argument about, uh, you know, putting Parsons at defensive end, okay, who's playing linebacker? That's the big
2: question. It's a huge question.
1: Now, Plus, he had the majority of his sacks were at linebacker, not defensive end. Sure, c-
2: coming off the edge,
1: blitzing, et cetera. Now,
2: with about three minutes left here, I want to give you guys an opportunity. Anything that we didn't hit, we kind of covered a lot of ground. We've been circling quite a bit here over these first 30 minutes of podcast here at training camp. But anything that you didn't hit, Nick, from mm. the press
0: conference that we probably should hit on here? Mm. Um, I'm trying to go back and think about what we just wrote. What about. What were we talking about? And talked yeah, about. I, I honestly, I mean, I think we 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 covered a lot right there. I mean, what I, about I, the I identity think. of the team? You know, I
1: don't have one.
0: Yeah, I mean, they they said they want to be a tough team. If you didn't say that, then we would all be. They would all be talking here. They would line up, you know. If you said, "Well, you know, that's not the type of team we want to be," of yeah. course they want to be a tough team. They want to be a smart team, discipline with disciplined penalties. Team. Last year they weren't disciplined. Nope. Um, I think they were tough. I do think they were they were a tough team. I mean, I, I think I think you know, I think the narrative here since they lost to the Forty Nine ers was that all you know it was a, it was a bad year. I mean, they got bullied. This is a yeah. This is a. It's still a talented team. This is a good football team, and they they need the breaks to go their way. There are some question marks. There's question marks with every team, but I think think that this still has the makings of a good team. Um, If Micah Parsons, I think, is the absolute key to everything. If Micah Parsons is the best football player on the field, like he was in almost every game they played, then I think that you, they have a really, really good chance to have a lot of success this year.
1: And then the other factor is, and I wrote this down: thirty-eight minutes and thirty seconds into the press conference, we got the first Dak. mention of Dak Prescott. Wow, he's the key to this whole thing,
2: yeah. right? If you, if Mike is the key on one side, Dak is certainly, but yeah, he's the but key, he's the, the, key
1: the whole thing because yeah. if he's not good on offense, the defense is going to suffer. Uh, and, and so. Um, that's one of the reasons why you sit there and go, okay. One of the reasons this team went twelve and five last year was Dak Prescott. Yep, had the third best quarterback rating in the NFL last year. Uh, he threw for a franchise record thirty-seven touchdowns in a single season. That's what that's what this is all about. And, and finally, Jerry said it right. He said the reason we feel this way is because of Dak Prescott. Yeah. So. And and the guy to his right. Yeah. That's what he kept saying. Yeah, <laughs> which was Mike. McCarthy, which was Mike. The... Which oh, neither... I thought he was handing off to Zeke. Well, you <laughs> haven't you haven't said it
0: at all. You know about the guy to your right. So, <laughs> no darn. To be fair, I haven't said anything yeah. either. So, he's That's...
1: given nothing to the right.
2: Sorry, guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. But we've got plenty more to come here on DallasCowboys.com. This is just the first taste. This is your appetizer for the entire slate of content that we're going to have here over the next month from Oxnard, California, of course. Mickey Spagnuolo will join Rob Phillips and I on Talking Cowboys starting on Thursday. But tomorrow, we've got Nick Eatman, Amber Garcia, Derek Ingleton
0: on the break. So, there's plenty to come. And, maybe, up. and maybe another guest. You think so? And We might, we might replace Hellman tomorrow. Ooh, we'll see. that's a tease. How about that? Well, I'm not Derek, even allowed to say Derek it. Derek so. actually teased it a while ago. Yeah, starting on the break. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we do have our fourth member uh, will be joining us mm. Uh Keep tomorrow. that in mind. Yeah.
2: So tomorrow, what time are we getting started tomorrow?
0: It's 11 a.m. Central. Yeah, correct. 9, nine o'clock. 9, nine, nine o'clock, o'clock, o'clock here. In
2: the 11 o'clock Central. DallasCowboys.com for Mickey Spagnola and Nick Eman, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!